Sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes. Like, lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to another episode of Imperfectly Human and we are your hosts, <laughs> Mr. Daly and, and Dr. Johnson. Yes, yes, yes. So this is the second week in our new format. Uh, and we say new format, but really it's the same show, just a new name and a new host. So a new hosting platform, should I say. So Imperfectly, so as a whole, the Daily Perspective Network is transitioning from its original original home, Anchor, to Transistor. So in the coming days, you're going to be able to see, well, by the time this comes out, the link will be there. You'll be able to just connect to us directly on a microsite that's hosted um, specifically for the, for the um, Daily Perspective Network. And you, there you will have links to the different shows. So you will have a link to the Daily Perspective, um, which will be a short form podcast um, hosted by me. Uh, then you will have Imperfectly Human, which is what you are listening to today. And then eventually you will have a link to Free Kids Later, which will be hosted by Mr. and Mrs. Daily. So that's, that's what's coming up soon. Um, but yeah, today, 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 we are moving into a new series um, on Imperfectly Human. We are, yeah. this is, so I guess, Terrence, what are we calling this? The, the, the Black Christian experience? The whole series, it, it's more about, that's kind of where we're going, isn't it? The, the Black yeah. experience as Christians. Yeah, or, or or I guess the I guess the the, uh, the buzz buzzword way to say it is uh, Christianity while black. There you go. That that was it. It's a, kind kind of like driving driving while black. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, being yeah. being Christian while black. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, that's that's what we're moving into. Before we get into into today's topic. Uh, we want to give a shout out to everyone that is watching on YouTube. Um, keep supporting, smash that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all those things. Hope you're loving the new intro video and, and outro video and the whole transitions and all that stuff. I am not a video specialist or whatever. We're just doing the best that we can do right now, but we are putting in the effort to make it um, something that you enjoy watching. So. Uh, we appreciate the support and um, shout out to the people who have listened to us on Transistor. Uh, but most of you are probably listening on Sp- Spotify or Apple Music or all those other kind of podcast specific platforms. So again, we want to shout you guys out. Please subscribe, hit that um, subscribe link because that helps us and gives us feedback on where you're listening from and what you're doing. So that that's really useful and helpful for us. So. Um, yeah, let's get into today's topic. And uh, uh, do you know what, Terrence? You you introduce today's topic. You let them know. Where, you let them know where we going. <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, I I, I kind of had an idea uh, 
maybe a month or so and me and david were talking i said look i said i got an idea i said but i know you as soon as i say it you're gonna be ready to go with it and i was like i mean i want to make sure we got things in line to kind of do it the way we want to uh so it was basically i, I was reading well listening to an audio book by uh this guy uh and i will have to find his name but the book is is uh uh reading while black and it's about being a black christian and kind of like how you don't see yourself in the mm. bible or you don't really hear about the black people in the bible as often uh as they are in the bible and most of the time you know hear sermons or hear preachers preach about okay who were exactly black in the bible and so you can see yourself if you're watching different movies uh, different documentaries, you don't really hear that perspective or see those images. And so that's why a lot of black people, they don't they don't like the idea of Christianity because they say like, oh, it was the slave master's religion, meaning when we came over here to America or the different places that we that we uh, came to, we had a certain religion and then people say like okay well the slave masters then put their religion on us and so it, it wasn't really to do anything but to control us but i was watching and this is a new docu-series samuel jackson and his wife did it's called enslaved uh and it's on epics but i you can you can find it on Amazon Prime. You can see the first episode for free. And then if you got the subscription, you can do that. But I saw a, a interview with him and his wife, and she was talking about how she did, it upsets her when people say, <clears throat> you know, we came from slaves. And she's like, no, we didn't come from slaves. We came from descendants that were enslaved. But she said, we were people before we were slaves mm -hmm. and people need to understand that and also christianity just didn't start when we came to america there are ties with the african and you know our african ancestors and the christian church before that that part that uh that stage too so it's more or less seeing how black people we've been involved with christianity longer than what we've been told yeah and that if we start to backtrack and and trace the history you know we're in the bible too and so part of this is kind of informing us too because there's some certain pieces we know of but it's giving us a different viewpoint perspective where we can go in and research like okay well how far back do we go and then where are these people like us in the Bible, so then we can have a different connection to what we're reading because a lot of times people can't put themselves in what they read because it's like, oh, it's just talking about, you know, white people, people that are of other ancestry than me. Yeah. Where am I at? And where would like my my family fall in the Bible? Like what type of stories talks about us? And I think especially the time that we're in now, it's not, it's not to be divisive saying like, well, 
we just need a black Jesus and a black Bible. We need a black, black everything, black and black. You know, it's like it's not we're not talking about that, but it's like it's a different connection that you feel when you can see things from the perspective of your own people. Just like and I say this, and then I let David go. So I had an opportunity. It's almost been about two and a half years now to go to Jamaica uh, on a, on a kind of like a trip where we took some students or whatever. And I had a chance to do a guest lecture, but also I got a chance to go to a church in Jamaica. And it just reminded me of like the church I grew up in. Like I was in a whole other country. They were praying the same way. They had, you know, music, they had praise dance. They had like, the mm. they were selling like little, like little pies and cakes at the church like we used to do back in the day in the fellowship. You know, like it, it just it brought me back. But, I, but the thing that I was really connected with was their passion for God and them praising God over the little things that we overlooked. So they they kind of had the you know testimonial time in service. And it was like a lady that she was just up praising God. I think she was sick or maybe she had fell or something. I heard a hip, but she was just thankful to God for blessing her for that. And like other people, it was just things that we wouldn't get up in church and praise God for because we would think they're small. We want to praise God for this new house or this new job, but they would they were more practical in their worship of God. And it, it just came from a pure place. And, and so, so I'm, I'm going to save one perspective for a little later, but I think that's an excuse that we use to say that, oh, well, Christianity is the slave master religion, to then detach ourselves from God yeah. and for us to not really fully give ourselves back to God because in the Bible, he he really goes after or pursues the people that nobody else wants. And so if we've been the you know enslaved people, the people that have endured a lot of things, why wouldn't God want us? So I think <laughs> so Terrence, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize like from now. Because I said that I was gonna, that I was gonna, <laughs> but there's there's like a fire bubbling up right now. <laughs> go go ahead, look, I just I just laid it out, so you go ahead. So I'm gonna start it off by saying this, and we've had this conversation. We've mm-hmm. had this conversation where I said to you, I don't, I can't relate to, not that I can't relate because I can relate, but. I don't know what it feels to say that I am a descendant of people that were enslaved mm-hmm. because my ancestors are from Nigeria, which quote unquote has always been a quote unquote free place. Mm-hmm. Over the last few, over the last week or so, so remember I said to watch that documentary, mm-hmm. uh, Journey of, Journey of mm-hmm. an Africa. Um, mm-hmm. of an African colony mm-hmm. that shattered every perception that I had ever had 
of my identity as an African, of someone of African descent. Mm -hmm. Because what I realized is that black people were not just enslaved in the Americas and um, in Europe and whatever. They were enslaved in Africa. Now, we might want to use the term colonization or whatever we, it's being called. Mm -hmm. The fact is, foreigners came in and forcefully took our land, made us work for them, segregated us and gave us, told us in our own nations or in our own lands where we are going to live and where they are going to live. And they took over lands that did not belong to them and claimed them as their own and forced black people to live and behave in a certain way. And when they didn't behave as they wanted them to, they killed them. Then they got black people to go and kill other black people to help them take over their land. So there is no such thing as a black person that has descended from, um, from somewhere that isn't enslaved. Unfortunately, black people were globally enslaved. So we are all descendants. So for me, that kind of helps me to relate more to, mm -hmm. the, to the American black experience mm -hmm. and things like that, because really and truly, and, and people in the Caribbean or whatever, we are no different. We'd always use that. And I, I think there'd always been this, um, I, don't want to, I don't want to say jealousy, because it's not jealousy. It's um, how do I, I, I can't find the right word right now, but African-Americans, Caribbean people have always looked at Africans as, well, you're the lucky ones because you weren't detached from your culture and ripped away and brought to these new lands. Actually, it might, it might be worse because we were allowed to stay in our own lands but everything about our culture was being stripped away and ripped away from us. And we were being told in our own lands that we can't even practice our culture because we had to adopt the culture of our colonizers, our slave masters. Uh -huh. So traditional religion was stripped away from us. Um, our our artifacts of our kings and our precious stones and our precious ornaments and amulets and all the things that we had created that identified us as, because as, we weren't countries, we were kingdoms. Africa did not have countries. It had kingdoms and various powerful kingdoms that spread out throughout the whole continent. But these kingdoms were ripped away, destroyed, and their legacy, um, or not their legacy, their history, sort of stolen and hidden away. And it, I read an interesting article, um, and I think I forwarded it to you, um, mm -hmm. by a professor from, uh, uh, I think it's a university in Boston. I can't remember which one. But, um, oh, what am I talking about? He's from Harvard. I believe he's from Harvard. But he was... Um, he basically said that um, 
you know, you have to kind of, if we lost all traditional African religions, we would lose our history as well. Because what's happened is the, 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 the spiritualists and the diviners, uh, because nothing was ever written down, our, our, our culture and, and our history has been orally passed down from each diviner to each diviner. That's our science, our um, history, our metaphysics, all the different things that we developed are wrapped up, not just in what we call our traditional religions, but our culture's all wrapped into that. Our tr- for us, religion in, in Africa, religion isn't a word that existed. We were spiritual. We were connected to everything. And I think that is one of the things that we have lost when we have, um, when we have embraced, and I, this is going to sound wrong, because it, and it's not what I mean, um, but when we have come under the banner of one of the um, Abra- Abrahamic religions, either Islam or Christianity, we have lost that spirituality that resides within black people. I think we've had this conversation about when you're, mm-hmm. there's something about us that is connected to the earth, connected mm-hmm. to the elements, connected to everything around us. It's, it's, it's kind of inbuilt in us. That is our spirituality. You know, in, in where I'm from, in, in Yoruba culture, we have, a, a, we call God Olorun, and that's a supreme creator. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other deities that exist in Yoruba traditional religion. Um, and you have, they're called Orisha. And then you have your, um, I guess, your, your spiritualists, your diviners, who are your Babalawo. And I've, I've seen, so they, they actually exist. They still exist in, in, uh, in America today. I found out some super interesting stuff when I was doing some research for this topic. But the, the concept of a supreme creator is not something that came to us from um, people, missionaries. Missionaries did not bring Christianity to Africa. Christianity um, existed in Africa from the time, from biblical times, because, because we have record of the Ethiopian eunuch being baptized. Mm. Um, We have Simon of Cyrene. We have um, the Ethiopian queen that Solomon was um, in that that relationship there. There is a documented history of black people and connections to, to the Jewish faith and the Jewish culture and all of those things. We have always been there and we have always known about it. We have always known about a supreme creator. We may not have called, we may not have named him um, the same thing as we call him today, but that's because our culture, our language is so diverse that, you know, for us in, in English, you might have one word that means one thing. But some of our words can't even be translated to English because English is too simplistic to convey the complexity of the, of the word. Mm-hmm. So for me, 
I don't believe Christianity, and I say all it is to come back to the question, I don't believe that Christianity is the slave master's religion because I believe Christianity existed in Africa before it was called Christianity. We were just spiritual and it formed every part of our lives. It wasn't just this Sunday thing. It was, it was in, linked to our political views. It was li- linked to our health. It was linked to every part of our culture. We were spiritual beings and we continue to be spiritual beings. I believe that the, the, where this comes from is that Christianity as we see it today was used because of the references to slavery in the Bible to enforce and to justify slavery as perpetrated by the colonial conquerors, whatever you want to call them, slave masters. Um, they used the Bible to justify their, their actions. Okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, so, but while you were talking, it was so many parallels that I was kind of, kind of connecting in my mind. And it was what you framed at the beginning of for you, because, you know, culturally, and historically, like your family line isn't like traced from enslaved people, but once you saw that documentary, you realized that yes, it would if, if yeah. it wasn't the traditional way. And so it's a common theme of displacement in the black experience that it you've experienced it, and then it's experienced in America for African Americans to where it's we don't have a true sense of home. Yeah. Because our home or what we know to be our home wasn't originally our home. And then just the cultural aspects that you were talking about, those things we don't even have a a working knowledge of because we're so many generations removed from it. So we don't even have that connection to even know what that would look like in Africa. Yeah. Uh and then the uh as far as the oral communication, that's one thing that as the older generations die off, we lose that too. Now I I've been blessed that I I I'm, I come from a family that we know a lot about our oral history because it's been talked about around us even when we were younger we got a lot of our history that's not the norm for everybody especially here in america to really know a lot about your ancestors or the people that you know like your parents or your cousins they know of your ancestors too so yeah. it, it was kind of like a normal thing for my yeah. granddaddy to drive us around town like that's your cousin and that's your, this is that and this is whatever like that and this just show you yeah. know introduce you to to you you're like how we say it, you know, introduce you to your folks. Yeah. So uh, we had a knowledge of that, but that's not a common, that's not common for everybody. But one thing that you were talking about from the political standpoint is that that is religion has been interwoven into the politics of the black experience. 
And at times, you know, it has been used to kind of maneuver us politically one way or the other. Uh, but even, you know, in the civil rights movement or even just down the line, civil war and all, the, all these things, the church had a, or, or Christianity had a lot to do with the outcomes of things. Because if nothing else, that's where black people could congregate. Yeah. You know, back when they were enslaved, they would have, and I was reading, I had never known about this, but I was researching with some articles I was reading on Christianity today. Uh, and so it, they would have secret religious meetings. Because the slave masters, they would want, you know, the, the, the slave masters to be in charge of the religious ceremonies. But the slaves realized that it really wasn't that connection that they used to. So they would have secret meetings. And they said sometimes they would go in, like into the woods and all the people would kneel and then they have one speaker. But in order to not be heard, he would kind of like speak into like a, a water vessel, so to absorb the the, the sound. Mm. And so then they would then tell everybody else, like, look, okay, if you feel something, like you can't be making noise, you can't, you know, you got to cover. So they had to do a lot of their worship in silence because if they made too much noise, then it would signal the, the slave master and they would be whipped or, you know. Yeah they have ramifications for that. And and what it made me think about is, well, if our ancestors went through so much to praise and serve God, then what's our excuse now? Like, what's our challenge? Like, we don't have to fear, you know, being beat or being displaced or pulled away from our family to serve God. So, why is it so hard for us to serve God now when things are better? And not saying that they're better in the sense of nothing bad is going on, but in context of where our ancestors, what they had to deal with and go through versus now, then it's like they, and I almost, I almost say fault, even though they did, but in this context, that's not what I want to say. It's more or less they endured a certain time period for us to have their freedom to then pick and choose where we wanted to go and pick and choose the church we wanted to go to and pick and choose kind of like what we what we wanted to say. I mean, just just like the conversation we have now. It was a hundred years ago. We could have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. would be on all other level. Dude. Yeah, we, no, we, for real. People would be waiting on us when we got out yeah, of Yeah, we would so, <laughs> so like even just even having this conversation right now is 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 progress and it showed that you know our ancestors they didn't sacrifice in vain. But yeah, I do feel real. like we need to <laughs> like how people say have a come to Jesus meeting. We do have to have a come to Jesus meeting and really assess where we are. Because now we make so so many excuses of why we can't serve God and the things that, oh, this was done back in the day and all this kind of stuff. So I can't follow that and I can't do that. 
but you know, God is the same, you know, then, now, mm. and forevermore. For real. So so if that's the case, then how do we how do we have a heart for God now that was that was reminiscent of the heart for God that, that our ancestors had in the midst of all the things that they had to go through and still say that, okay, yeah, I know that they preaching this a certain kind of way. They putting it to me a certain kind of way, but I still got that connection with God. So even if I can't, if I can't read the Bible, if that, if they're not allowing me to read or learn to read, then we'll start creating spirituals. We'll start creating songs that talk about our experience and then we can communicate with God in our own way because we can't Mm. read it right now. But this is our way to connect with God. And it's like they made an effort that even though things weren't the best, they didn't allow it to stop them from getting to God. And I feel like now we got an excuse for everything or why we can't get to God. Right, right. So yeah, I I completely agree with that. That we've used, we've used the well. Some people have used that whole it's the slave master's religion as an excuse to say, well, because of that, I'm going to live however I want to live because I don't truly know if there's a god out there or whatever. But mm-hmm. being a black person. I just believe that there is no way that you, you, it's just, as I said, that spirituality is in you. You know that you didn't come from just anything. It's just like, it's an innate thing that, that it's just, it's inbuilt. There's nothing, there's no other way to describe it. What was, um, I was going to come back to something you said, um, which was around, you know, your, how your family passed down mm, that mm-hmm, oral mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Um, a funny thing, and I, I can't speak for um, Ghanaians or Cameroonians or uh, Senegalese or other people from mm-hmm. the, especially from the West African region. I can speak for most Nigerians because I think this will probably ring true for a lot of them. A lot of us do not know our own history. So in the same way, and this is why I said the the blinkers came off and I realized that we are no different because Mm -hmm. we we were enslaved. And what they did, what was done to us was that our history was wiped out from us and we were given this new history that aligned to whatever they wanted it to be. And that is all people remember. When you talk to people about Nigerian history, they will only tell you from, um, say around 1940, 1950, to the point of independence in uh, 1960 something, and then onwards. Um, But clearly our history well, the Yoruba people history dates back hundreds, thousands of years. Same with the Igbo people and same with the Hausa people and all these different kingdoms that have existed. We all have rich histories, but they were shut off when those 
things happen. So um, perfect example, I, I called my dad and I said, dad, I want to know more about Nigeria. I want to know more about the history. And he was like, there's not a lot I can tell you because it's not like it was taught to us. And this, my dad, you know, studied in Nigeria till his late teens and then came to England in his early or early 20s, maybe. Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, he came to university here in, in the UK. So he should have known. So although in school he learned Yoruba as a language and how to write and how to read, and that again is something that is that they that is dying off because it's not it's like people are embracing the colonial view and as if and treating our history as though it is um, bad and I'll come back to that because there's a reason for that um, but our history isn't something that was passed down in the way that so in a strange way. The slave, the 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 and the descendants of people that were enslaved in America and in the Caribbean and all those things, actually, you've got a documentation of your history to a certain point because because you were taken away from your homelands, you made an effort to document that, and that's why you've got the stories of how your ancestors had to go and worship to and retain that spiritual connection we that were enslaved in africa have basically jumped on the, the whole christianity bandwagon bandwagon and we've lost we've lost a sense of our culture the bits that didn't offend our colonizers were we were allowed to retain but anything that gave us a sense of um, education, um, historical knowledge, those things were cut off. They were painted, and this is what I, what I was saying, they were painted, so our traditional beliefs were painted as witchcraft. So the, the religion that you have, um, I can't pronounce it, uh, there's a Brazilian re religion that, that is derived from Yoruba traditional religion. Um, there is a Cuban religion that is derived from, again, from part of, I believe it's Yoruba and another culture uh, merged together. Uh, it's from those traditional religions. Then you also have um, the Haitian voodoo, mm -hmm. as they call it, was derived from a traditional African religion. Now, what, is, what those have been painted at, because even I, even I say it's like, man, you don't want to mess with Haiti. They do mm -hmm. that. They, they are up in that voodoo. Mm -hmm. it's, but we, where, did the, where did the term voodoo come from? Where did, where, why did we suddenly associate voodoo with something evil? Because that's what, that's what it was connected to. That's what we were told by the colonizers or the slave masters. Oh, you don't want to be messing with that stuff. Uh, that's bad. That's evil. That's why we're gonna we're gonna give you a religion that that will show you the right way. And then what did they do? They took out 
anything that referred to freedom and anything, and they left only the parts that only the parts that the, the slave Bible only contained the stuff that supported enslavement of people, the enslavement of people. So, and that's, that's what comes back to that scripture that says the heart of man is desperately wicked. And there is a lot, there was a significant amount of heresy in the actions of, of the people because they took something of God and distorted it to support and to promote their own argument and to promote their own agenda. They didn't do, they didn't take the word of God and use it in the way that God intended. They used it to further their agenda and therefore creating this legacy of people that no longer want to connect to God because they only remember how it was used to keep them enslaved. Whereas that was never the intent of of the scripture. That was never the intent of uh, Christianity, never the intent of our of, of faith. And I'm one of these people that doesn't subscribe to the term religion. Because for me, religion is something that you do. It, it's, it's just, you can be religious about anything. I can be religious about alcohol. I can be religious about smoking. I could be relig- religious about anything I want to be religious about. It's an act of constantly doing the same thing over and over again. Whereas what I subscribe to is faith. I subscribe to spirit, spirituality, because the word says that those who serve me um, will serve me, I'm paraphrasing, but in spirit first. Mm -hmm. Spirit and in truth. And spirit and in truth. It's not about serving God um, faith it says the Bible says faith without um, faith without works is dead, but works without faith is also pointless. They are just works. It's not it's not the action. It's not the the repeated the, the action is you living out what you believe. The belief has to come first. The the spiritual connection must exist before the physical works are incorporated. So, so I'm gonna stop for for a minute. Let let you get some stuff. In. Okay. Because <laughs> I, so, I can I can see the, the I can see you know I can see the veins pulsing like. <laughs> well, well, I, I got so I got a, a few questions, but I'm not gonna ask them right now. Okay. I got some, but I had an angle from what you were just saying. Um. So we look at. And I'm looking now from, okay, as being imperfectly human, if we look at our slave masters as being imperfectly human, mm. then their actions were human of human nature. For sure. Uh, what they were trying to do is, one, find a workforce that could survive the work. Uh so the other piece of it, and this is something I learned when I went to the uh, Underground Railroad Museum in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. And I talked yeah. to one of the ladies there, and she was just talking to me. And, and she was like, from working there, she learned so much about Black history that she didn't know. Because she, she came from the corporate world. She decided, you know, she was going to make a switch. And that was kind of like her second 
career. Right. And she was like, they had to learn a lot of the history to be able to tell the people that came through the museum about it. And so she was telling me, you know, Africans weren't the first slave or enslaved people. Um, we were the only ones that could survive the work and being out in the sun and the workload of things. So enslaved is not even a strictly African thing. People in all different types of cultures are enslaved. So we're not the only one enslaved. For real, for real. It's a lot of other people that have been enslaved over the period of time. But the other thing was, well, and you said it earlier too, not only did, you know, white people enslave us, but we enslaved us too. Right. So we're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're guilty as well. So certain parts of our, our lineage has us doing the same thing that the slave master did to us. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so this is what I wrote down, and I know you probably gonna have a, I have something to say. Have to say. <laughs> Go but, hit me so, with it. Hit me with it. So, so then, because this is something that we say it too with everything that was going on here in America, and you know about the police brutality, and always like, okay, well when white people want to know more about how they could help. And we were like, look, you need to do your own research. You need to, you, I'm tired of explaining black history to people that, that doesn't look like me. You need to do your research. Yeah. So whose responsibility is it for us to know our own history? <laughs> oh, you know I'm gonna chime in on that. <laughs> I knew you go. I knew you gonna say so. So, but you, yeah, okay, I'm gonna say this. No, now. go, go, go. Because if you look at it, if we say, "Well, you took me away from my my land or my heritage, or you disconnected me," then you are the one that's supposed to tell me my history. Mm. Well, is that is that really true? That makes sense. <laughs> so you go. So I'm gonna answer the question by telling my story. Okay. So I was born in the UK. My parents took me back to Nigeria when I was six months old. I spent the first six years of my life in Nigeria. I learned. I spoke, I, when I came back to the UK, I was bilingual. I spoke Yoruba and I spoke English. By the age of 11, I only spoke English, but I still understand. And to this day, I still understand Yoruba. But speaking it is a problem. Now, whose fault is that? That wasn't, a, that's not the fault of the UK society, that's my fault. That was me not cultivating the habit of speaking the language of my heritage. I became a Christian at the age of nine. Again, that was my choice. It wasn't forced upon me. 
Now, people, you might say it was forced upon me in the sense that my parents raised me as actually, funny enough, very, and you'll see, you'll read this in the article that I sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, we domestic, as Africans, we domesticized Christianity. We incorporated our traditional beliefs and, and blended them with Christianity because I think some people recognize that we were already connected to this God that the Bible speaks about. We already served this God, but we just did not name him in the same way. The thing is, whether you are, um, whether you are in Europe or whatever, because there's, Jesus says that, the, that his return will not happen till everyone has heard of, of him. It's kind of, uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but mm-hmm. um, how, well, how is someone in the remote parts of the Amazon jungle that no one, there were communities in parts of the world that no one has ever come into contact with because they do not let outsiders in. But I guarantee you they know that there is a creator. I guarantee you they know that there is a God and they are connected to that God because God, because of who God is, he cannot hide his existence. He will not hide his existence from all the people that he has created. So that's one point. So we knew that we already, we were already connected to God. So we started to interweave some of our traditional religions or, or our culture into with intermingle it with Christianity. Um, and there was, a, uh, there was a type of church that was birthed, which was called the Aladura Church. And it kind of took Yoruba culture and merged it in with, um, and you'll hear, you'll, amongst um, Nigerians, you'll hear, hear it referred to as white gar- the white garment church because you, you wore white. And then the, the different levels of um, senior, seniority in the church had different sashes. And depending on your level in the church, your sash was different. Um, so I was initially raised in that church, in that church um, probably up to about the age of six. Then when we moved to the, back to the UK, my mom took me to a Baptist church. Um, but at, at the age of nine, I went to a Billy Graham concert, um, convention. Mm-hmm. And at that point I heard something that stirred something up in me that make, made me out of all the other people that were there. I was, you know, it wasn't forced upon me. I asked to go up to go and give my life to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That was my choice. So that was the beginning of my Christian journey. Now, fast forward, I did all sorts of things in the church. We've talked about it. I ministered, um, I've ministered with, um, you know, supported people like Kurt Franklin and, 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 and done stuff. Um, so I was deeply involved. I joined youth groups, um, all sorts. By the time I was in... Um, I did my Christian albums and all of that stuff. I did the Christian record label, all of that stuff. Um, started to work, not work, but volunteer as a youth 
um, youth leader. Um, I didn't become a youth pastor. I just volunteered as a youth leader. And then in my early, yeah, early 30s, something disconnected. I no longer, I, the, the black experience or being Christian while black hit me because I looked around and I was like, none of these people in these churches that I've been attending of recent look like me. Now, I didn't feel that when I was in church in London because I went to a predominantly black church, which infused Nigerian culture into the way we worshipped, the way we prayed. We had Nigerian food at the back afterwards, you know, because we black people, we got to eat. We're going to eat in the festival now. Yeah, man. So, so it, I felt so at home at, in, in that part. So I never questioned the black Christian experience. Once I was taken out of that environment, I realized that my experience was different. So I started to feel disconnected from Christianity. So it led me, and this is me answering that question now, it led me on a spiritual journey because I felt like I was losing my faith. So I went back and I said, well, what is the history of my people? What was our faith? What, wh- who are we? What did we believe in? How are we connected to, are we connected to God? Did we know who God was before Christianity? And everything led me back to the fact that we recognized a single supreme creator. We knew who God was. No one had to come and tell us. We had had encounters with Christianity since um, the fourth century. So somehow, some way, we may not have called God what we call him today, we, but we knew who he was. So this, this faith was not something that was new to us. Spirituality was not something new to us. And once I connected with that, there was this deeper desire to know my culture. And then I accepted the fact that I'm going, my Christianity does not have to be separate from my culture. So, hold up. Say that again. <laughs> say, say that again. Don't, yeah, you, so, go, don't you go, Pastor. All right. All right. <laughs> so, say, say I realized again. that my spirituality did, um, or my faith did not have to be separate from my culture. Mm-hmm. Meaning, what, the, um, what had happened in colonization, where our culture was stripped away and we were just left with this whitewashed version of Christianity did not have to be what I took forward because I could go back and reconnect to my roots and to my culture. And it was my responsibility to find out how my people worshiped, to find out what my people believed and how that relates to, um, relates to Jesus and to Christianity. Now I can continue to support elements of my culture as long as I do not believe they they are in direct conflict with my faith but that is why the bible says that god has given 
plus the Holy Spirit for discernment. Mm-hmm. Now, <coughs> so excuse me, if I was to go and pick up something that was clearly an act or a ritual of witchcraft, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in me should trigger something. The discernment should like, no, 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 put that down. You don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be messing with that. That is not of me. That is what the Holy Spirit is there to do to help you discern what is of God and what is not of God. So we, the excuse of saying it's the slave master's religion. Yes, I understand. Yes, it was used to enslave us. Yes, it was used to keep us uh, in, to make us behave in a certain way. But that time is gone. And you have the opportunity and you have the access to the internet and you have resources and you have Negro spirituals and all these things that have been passed down to help document your history, to help document your, the origins of your spirituality, to help document that feeling inside of you that you could never explain. There is a reason why. Why is it that, why is it that we go to church and it only seems to be the black people that, that get caught up in the spirit? Because when white people go to, there's a very conservative Christian experience. Some, some, some. Some, some. No, okay, not all of them. But if you look at the majority of um, predominantly white churches, it is a very formal Christian experience. Mm -hmm. I've seen so many jokes. um, Comedians saying, man, I'm going to a white church this week because... We're going to be in at 10 o'clock. Pastor going to preach till 10.30. We're going to do notices till quarter to, quarter to 11. And we're going to be out the door by 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Because, and that is religion. When, when it's so prescribed and it has to fit to a certain timetable, when you time box, when you time box God, when you're saying, God, you only have this limited window to move, mm-hmm. that is religion. That is not spirituality. That is not a true experience of God. And that is why that doesn't sit right with black people. Because we are, we are connected and we have always been connected to spirit. It is why it's so rich in our culture and in our heritage. We are probably one of the only communities or the only, um, I hate to use the word, because it's not about races, there is one race, the human race, but we are one of the only um, cultures that are so heavily connected to the spirit world and to the spirit realm. We have this, no matter where, what angle you look at us from, we, we gravitate Im- immediately to the spirit realm, whether it's um, African-American, Caribbean, South American, African, there is always a need to connect with the ancestors. What do our ancestors say? Oh, our ancestors are watching over us. We, we know that there is an, another plane that exists. Now, what you do in that, and the Bible tells us clearly that there is another plane because it says, for we wrestle not against flesh or or blood, but spiritual principalities in higher places. So there is a separate plane of existence. It is not just heaven and 
and it's not just hey god is there and 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 this is the earth and this is what happens there is the, the spirit realm is real and it, we clearly know because god is spirit so there is there is this plane of existence and it's where people tap into when they want to play with their Ouija boards and all of that stuff. But people are comfortable to talk about it when they, you know, when it's um, the occult or something that is forbidden. Mm. But they don't want to talk about it when we talk about Christianity or faith or spirituality. They only care about the negative connotations, especially when it comes to black culture. But like I said, so much of our history, our science, our metaphysics and all our knowledge has been hidden in our religions and our traditional beliefs that we pass down. So if they if you allow them to separate you from that knowledge, then you lose your opportunity to know more about your culture and your history and where you come from. It doesn't have to be in direct conflict to your Christianity. When you, know, when you, when you come across the parts that are in direct con- conflict, the Holy Spirit will alert you to that direct con- conflict. But, other, but do not neglect your culture or finding out the depths of your culture because you feel that, um, because of how it's been labeled and called black magic or whatever they want to call it because hey black magic is this bad hoodoo voodoo whatever you want to call it but then white magic is this fairies and all of that stuff they doing the same thing they open in the same books and reading the same spells so wake up and realize that it is just this whole thing of whitewashing and whitewashing things and saying that hey White spirituality is good, but black spirituality is bad. That is what that is what slavery did, and that's what enslavement did to to our cultures. What came from you, that is black, is bad. And what came from us, even if it's the same thing, when it's white, is good. I know you got stuff to say, so. So, <laughs> so I. I got a couple things. I'm trying to see how I'm going to go from point to point. So, um, seeing yourself in what you, in how you worship is something that we all should want. Mm. What we've been conditioned to look at is, well, from a white perspective, they always see themselves in in the Bible or promote it, but they don't promote the other races or cultures or whatever. Well, the question is, well, why would they? If, for the long as they've been a majority, why would they then insert you into it? Yeah. What what will be the what what will be the need for them? It's not a need, but for us, we don't feel the need that we should insert ourselves into our worship experience. We just accept it 
as it right. comes to us. So, cause, cause what I want to do, I want to, I want to, I want to give like a, a nuanced kind of perspective because the very things that we put so much energy into fighting against could be the same energy we could be doing to promote our own self and seeing ourselves in our worship experience. Right. So sometimes I think we fight too much for things that won't change. Why would you think that would change if you wanted to change? Just like with everything that happened, you know, with George Floyd and everything here in America, why would people see that from a real honest perspective if they don't have to? It's, some right. things are not even like a black or white thing or a racist thing. Some things are racist and some and racism is real, but some things are just based off of your own experience. Yeah, if that's not your experience, you're not gonna connect to it. It don't matter how many times you tell me or what you show me on TV. If I don't come in contact with it, then why would I want that to change? Yeah, I don't care because it's it's not my it's not my experience. So a lot of what <laughs> what we put a lot of energy into, not that it will never change, but it's something that you know, you know. Like Jesus, Jesus got to come down out the clouds, and he got to do it because he the only. <laughs> that's the only way some of this stuff don't change. Because just going back and forth about something, they're they're rooted in our human experience. And like I said, if we are imperfectly human, human, these things are rooted in our our human frailty, because all of us want to be special. And where we come from and who we come from in our culture, we want that to be special too. So people operate from that. And I think that's what we got to realize is people operate from what they know. They talk about from the experiences that they know. And so it's vice versa with us. If we haven't won, if we've lost connection to our oil, you know, experiences. And then two, we don't really know how to go into the Bible and really find ourselves in it. Then how can we have a legitimate argument against what we're trying to fight against? Because we haven't done, you know, say, you know, like studied to show thyself approved. Mm-hmm. Well, if I haven't studied, how can I show myself? How can I? Right then give a good argument back when I haven't done, done research. And that's the thing that, so the same way we want to learn to make money or to advance ourselves in the world, we need to study our own history. We need to study where we came from. We need to study those things because that's how we get a better sense of ourselves. Yeah. That's how we can show up better. And then through our worship experience, it's coming from the connection, like you were saying before, out of our ancestors and stuff. We can feel that. It's one thing when I did go to the uh Underground Railroad Museum, that was one of the things like as I went around there and they have a replica of a slave quarters. And it's like the whole slave quarters, like a log cabin in there. And they got like the inscriptions from the 
from the enslaved people and they got the shackles and all that kind of stuff and different things throughout the museum. And I could feel it. It's like I was going through and I was like, these were my my people. You know what I'm saying? Like they were in chains and they would and it yeah. was and when I tell you it was so heavy, like I left there and I had to just sit down. I was like, I I can't I can't do nothing else today. Like I'm I'm emotionally exhausted. Like I could feel the presence of like all of that around. Yeah. And that's the thing that we all share, like you were saying before, we have a certain connectedness to not only like, you know, the earth and the ground, but also location as well. Certain things that either calm us or kind of agitate or make us anxious or something like, why am I feeling that? Why am I, where is coming from? And it's because that connectivity. And and some of that I thought about too when you were talking about uh you know how the Bible, some of the things that were preached to us were on a slant of talking about like slavery or being a slave or whatever. And so I thought about it from another angle. Well, how much of the Bible do we take out to fit our own situations? Right. Now? Yeah because we do that now um and so if you know for people that think that christianity is a slave master religion then have we become the slave master yeah have we then started to shape the bible and preach it in a way that only serves us too yeah yeah I believe and, we do. And, and so those are things that we have to answer to because you can't be uh, you can't always be the victim in everything. You have to see where you are falling short at yeah. two because we all have certain instances where we, where we weaponize the Bible for our own benefit. No, for real. And and I think that's just that's kind of like some of the thoughts that I was that I had from that. Like, see, it's a lot of when you go to talking, I just like to let you go ahead and complete a thought because you got these stories and all this stuff that's good. So I just kind of like I don't want to interrupt or, or cut them off because they good. So I, I want to hear them like all the way through. So so it's like so it's like you good? I, mean, I just like when I. When it's time for you to say something else, it's like, okay, cool. What are the points that I was trying? I was thinking about why you were saying it. Because I, I just, I, I mean, because it's it fits what we're talking about, but you yeah. got a different a get a different angle to it because you are African and you know kind of your place of origin and that tie and the history of it. And I think it's important that, that other people get to yeah. hear about that 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 they don't, you know, they're not from that or don't have that that uh, cultural connection. But, um, but yeah, it's like I said, it's so much stuff that I read and, and kind of looked at and learned and still learning about. But it's something that I think is ever evolving. 
So even yeah. with, you know, even with thinking about, you know, like uh Christian or Christianity while black, it's it's learning to ground yourself in your own heritage, but not separate yourself so much that you can't experience God with somebody of another culture. And I think that's sometimes we we want to totally exclude ourselves because if we think that it's a black God or black Jesus, you know, with that same God created the white person and the Asian person and all these different types of people. So even though we might gravitate toward a certain way of worship, that doesn't mean that their way of worship is wrong. Yeah, no, for real, for real. Our ways of worship are steeped in our cultural heritage. And and even with, you know, um, as we call them, white Christians or Anglo-Saxon Christians or whatever you want to call them, The European way has always been this, um, even in their history, it's just always been this very formal, very uh, methodical way of a, of, and very time box way of behavior and de- delivering things. And that is where their worship has gone as well. The way they operate has always been this quite formal, not too much emotion, and so on. It's a cultural thing. You you look at, at, at um, you know that's why the, that's why they say the British have the, the stiff upper lip because there's this quite uh, uppity kind of way. It's 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 a cultural thing. Um, there was something that, that there was something that you said. Um, I know we talked about it earlier, but what when we just going back to what we talked about when we talked about black Black lives matter there was one thing i wanted to put out there because i don't want people to to get any kind of vibes as if we are saying we are we are we do do not support white christians or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. we're talking about the black christian experience because that is what we know um Mm -hmm. and there's a point i wanted to make that a lot of white people are not racist I don't want people to, to get this view that we think all white people are racist. I'm not saying that there aren't racist white people. It's in the same way that I'm not saying that there are not racist black people. Mm-hmm. It, race, racism or prejudice does not have a color. It's, it's just a, a way of behavior that discriminates against someone that does not look like you for either because of the color of their skin or their her- heritage or their culture. That that is what we're calling that. That's what is being called out. But what we what we're seeing today is that. So when I say that a lot of white people are not racist, um, there is just a large proportion that do not want to give up the benefits or the privilege that has been bestowed to them from the legacy of slavery. So. A lot of white people, just by birth, inherit the benefits of white privilege because of the legacy and the history of slavery. So 
and, and it becomes uncomfortable for them when they realize that all so many of the things or so many of the privilege that they were not aware of, because a lot of them are not even aware that they benefit from this privilege. Um, when, it, when they do become aware of it, a lot of them struggle to let go of that privilege. That's still not racism. That is human nature. And that's part of being imperfectly human. So that this whole podcast still relates to that because that is just natural human. If the, if the shoe was on the other foot, we, a lot of black people would feel the same way. They would struggle to let go of that privilege. It's just human nature. So that was one thing I wanted to point out. The other things was I just wanted some scripture to support what we were talking about when we talk about slavery and, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, Jeremiah 17, 19, sorry, 17, 9 says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's one. And then 1 Timothy 6, 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from, wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And to me, that really wraps up what Christianity became or the way that slave masters used Christianity. They took the truth because of this commercial need, as you say, for a workforce Mm -hmm. that could handle the work. Mm -hmm. Because it's funny, the same way that black people were building railroads, and it wasn't just black people out there building railroads, they had Chinese, they had Mm -hmm. other people out there working amongst the black people. Mm-hmm. So the way that we had these railroads being built there, there were black Africans in, in building the railroads in what became Nigeria. The same work was being done. It was just the, power, the superpowers at the time mm-hmm. creating a workforce to fund their um, industrial development. That's what it became. And they saw cheap labor mm-hmm. and rich resources in certain areas and decided that we're going to go and take it. That to me spells, comes right back to 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Mm-hmm. People did, they did what they did for money and then they used and then the second part, you know, they've wandered from the truth and pierced themselves with many sorrows. They've wandered from the truth of the gospel and therefore committed acts of heresy by taking out significant parts of the Bible to reinforce the truth that they wanted or the the falsehood that they wanted to push forward to further their commercial agenda. And then, you know, it was all underpinned by the deceitful nature of the human heart. That is the human condition. Um, I heard it in a song where it says, you know, you, when you're two, three, four years old, no one teaches you how to lie. You, no. you, you lie because you know you don't want to get into trouble. It's the human nature to just do something deceitful. It's kind of, just, it's, just, it's just something that just naturally occurs in us. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those, were, uh, those are the points um, that I wanted to get out. Now, um, 
just on on you're just gonna have to quickly remind me of the, of that point that you just finished up on because I had something to say off the back of it and uh, it just it just kind of came out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Look, now I'm trying because I'm listening to you now. I'm trying to see what I had said before. Uh, I think the last points I was making was about um, you know the humanness of why people put themselves into their worship experience. Okay. And um, and how, you know, we've used the Bible to kind of... There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. So we were talking about, have we done something mm-hmm. where we are taking out bits of the Bible right, for our right, own right. good? Mm-hmm. Again, personal experience, age 19, 18, 19, I got my ears pierced. Culturally, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So I had pastors in my predominantly Nigerian church, opening the Bible to say to me, pointing out scriptures and saying, look, it says in the Bible here that men should not, should not basically wear jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the same people, these are the same people wearing wedding rings, uh, bracelets, mm-hmm. all of these things, but they were just focused on my earrings. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they took jewelry to mean earrings. Mm-hmm. If you're going to preach the, the gospel, if you're going to preach the word of God, preach it in its full application because jewelry is not just earrings. Jewelry is all encompassing. Even watch, even a watch is jewelry. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to say something, then live, live, you know, die on that same sword it, it is the message that I would have. The reality of it is in, in the times that we were in or in the times of the Bible, men wore jewelry, point blank. It was a sign of affluence. It was, it was something that kings and nobility wore. So don't, we can't twist the Bible for our own purpose. That is heresy. And yes, we are guilty of it, even as, as black Christians. Now, we might not have done it in the way of taking bits out of the Bible to keep people behaving in a certain way. We take bits of the Bible and twist it to fit our agenda so that we get people to behave in a certain way. The Mm -hmm. end goal is still the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then the, the bit that I've always pointed out to people is you're very quick to define or to look around and say, this is witchcraft, that is witchcraft. The Bible's definition of witchcraft is manipulation. The act of manipulation is witchcraft. So when you are taking things and twisting them to manipulate people to behave in a certain way, that is the equivalent of witchcraft. So let's not be quick. Heresy is witchcraft. You're taking things of God and twisting them for a different purpose. That is what the Bible sees as witchcraft. So let's not be quick to judge and call, you know, call people out on certain things or, or, or point fingers here. I can't be, as you said at the beginning, I can't be mad at, um, I can't be mad at the slave masters for using the Bible in a certain way because people still do it today. We just choose to ignore it today because we're so pissed off about slavery. That's the reality of it. We're, you know, the root cause the, is the root 
of our of our anger is still slavery. It's not what they did with the Bible. The the fact is we're mad that we were enslaved. We're mad that our people were enslaved. So we focus and we say, oh yeah, and you use the Bible in the wrong way. Well, we use the wrong the Bible in the wrong way today. We have we have prosperity gospels that take the the, the Bible and twist it for people's own personal gain. That, that is no different to what slave masters did. So to me, I, I draw no dis, you know, I draw no distinctions there. This, they did something bad, we're doing something bad. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Uh-huh. That's what the Bible says. Thank God for grace because grace allows us to be seen as righteous in the eyes of God. And that is why it's so important to cultivate um, a relationship founded on grace. Because no matter what you do, your human nature is perverse and will always seek to use what it can for its personal advantage. You know, it's the, the, the Bible says that it is not that the law is bad. So we're talking about Romans 5 here, or Romans 5 and Romans 6. It's not that the law is bad, but the law gave birth to sin or awoke sin, which when the law, when the law came, the power of sin was awakened. So sin took the law and twisted the law and used it to convict me of my own um, wrongdoing. And the more I learned about the law, the more I sinned. It's the same. The more, it, unfortunately, that nature of sin is not gone. So the more we learn about God's things, the more we become aware of our own sin and the wrong that we do. And if we were to get caught in that cycle, we would end up in a downward spiral because we would realize how unfit we were of God's righteousness. But we are so lucky that God does not see us in the way that we see ourselves. He does not see what we see when we look in the mirror. When he looks at us, he looks at us through the lens of Jesus Christ. And that gift of grace is activated. That power, it comes to life. And he sees righteousness. He sees an unblemished lamb. He sees what his son went on the cross and sacrificed himself for. He sees people that are worthy to come into his presence and worship him. He sees people that are worthy to be called by his name. And that is the important thing. That is why you accept, we accept the fact that we are imperfectly human because we are connected to the grace of God because we know that he doesn't see our imperfection when he sees us. He sees the perfection of his son that completed the work on the cross. And I'm going to stop there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to say. I ain't got nothing else to say. Look, that, that. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfectly Human today. <laughs> we hope that you were blessed by something that was said or done today. Uh, yeah, that's it. I ain't got nothing else to say. Amen. That's all amen. 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 <laughs> no, amen. so for me, look, I think this was a great opener to this series. Um, like we said before we actually before we came on air i i wasn't sure where this was going to go yeah i but wouldn't either. once we got to talking there was so much to be said because i think as a people we do ourselves a disservice and we we minimum we minimize our 
Christian experience because we want to we want to find excuses for us to not challenge ourselves to live in the most um, Christian way that we mm-hmm. can. And when we're not saying I'm not using Christian just in that banner of Christianity, Christ like. Let's go to the definition of what it is to live Christ like to live the to to use the example of Christ as our guide for how we live our lives. So love first. Don't go around there lording yourself over people because Jesus never did. He loved. So if you want to live a life that is truly Christ-like, focus on loving. Just start there. It's the it's a basic thing. But we cheat ourselves of an opportunity to live such a rich life because we focus on the wrong things. And I can't wait to explore the rest of this. I know you got something good for next week. <laughs> I know you got something good for yeah. next week. Yeah, look, I I I I just I think definitely like I said, we, we didn't know where this was gonna go. Uh, this was just an idea I had, but I knew we were gonna go somewhere with it. But I think it's it 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 brings it into a a new lane. And I think yeah. now now with the name change for the podcast. I think now we have our path now for the future topics. Oh, most because, definitely. Yeah, because it's it's all wrapped in the human experience as we were talking. That's the first time I really thought about, you know, the slave master or slavery or whatever from a human perspective. Right. We always look at it from a that was bad, that was wrong, and it was, but it's rooted in the human experience. So Whatever they were looking for is the same types of thing that we look for. The method was just a certain way. Yeah. And yeah. I think if you can strip everything down to, okay, what were the things that they wanted or were trying to get? How did they do it? And then what the outcome? You can start to see things differently and start to see how this could happen. Not saying like, oh, well, you got to be a monster person to do that. No, if you got the right combination of wants and needs and environment, mm-hmm. whatever, right, you make some of the same choices too. Yeah, for and sure. I think, and I think that's important to be able to strip away a lot of this stuff or look at things from a different perspective and say, like, hey, this could have been you a couple hundred years ago. You know what I'm saying? Right. For real. For real. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think now it it really gives a lot more depth. To what we can talk about because we can take so many situations and strip them away to like, okay, what's the human part of this? And then how is this tied into like our everyday Christian walk? And I think, I, like I said, it's, it's good. Like I said, for me, I, I just, you know, David, you a storyteller, so you were telling all the stories. <laughs> so I didn't want to hear all the stories today. So I, I was just, I was just here in, in to frame some things and, and kind of, Help the discussion move along, but I, I wouldn't. I, it wasn't my role to be so far into the conversation like I usually am. Um, well, I, I wasn't supposed to be in the conversation. <laughs> I, I, I said to you, "Oh yeah, they they gonna realize that I, I can shut up," and and then I'm here talking for like 25 minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay though. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You're like, but that's what you do. Yeah, so when you when you said that earlier, like, yeah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna talk to them, but I'm like, mm. <laughs> we're gonna see, 
we don't see we don't see a damn workout for you. So, oh, look, so, so, look, so now I'll flip it. So I'll do i do the so we'll do the uh, you know social media stuff. Uh, like I said, you know where I am. Our progress uh, at our progress CC uh, on Facebook, Instagram, info at our progress cc.com email um watch us every monday and thursday at 12 um where we do our facebook lives and so monday on our page thursday on our take the journey page uh, we are looking to get our online uh life lab as we call them open running we finally yeah. got all that squared away and sometime in the near future you will probably see me and david doing one of those uh for those business entrepreneurial people yes uh, in the world uh, so we are that is something that's in the works too um so yeah and then i'll let david go with his his social all right so usual for me you can catch me at dy daily on twitter at dy daily on instagram um you will be able to connect so for the blogs it's the daily perspective um dot co dot uk um but you'll be able to connect with us on the daily perspective network dot co dot uk um that's coming soon and there will be a link to as i said to this show and to all the other shows that are coming on the daily perspective network uh, Daily Perspective Network Facebook page is live, and um, I'm hoping that we can have sub pages. Um, and if that is possible, there will be a sub page. What we might actually create, um, and I'll have a, me and Terence are going to have. I know we've been talking about how we're going to do this, but we might probably create the Imperfectly Human group mm-hmm. um, on on there, and then you know, so you guys can get involved in that, get into the group, suggest topics ask us questions um really get involved in this because we want to hear from you we want the feedback and we want to share and um and grow together um so that's about it for me from socials okay uh the only other thing that we have in the works and we'll give you a specific date for it so we're gonna do an imperfectly human our progress crossover episode oh yeah uh we excited about that y'all yeah that's yeah. gonna that's gonna bless your life i'm telling you you just you want because that's gonna be live uh i believe we're gonna do it live throughout yes we page. are yeah and so then that will we'll do some promotion around that because yeah. the, the goal is to kind of bring our progress audience to imperfectly human and imperfectly human audience to our progress uh because they're kind of exclusive uh, so people on each one of those platforms can get an introduction to like the other side of it. Yeah. Um, but that will be all of everybody. So it'll be me, it'll be David, it'll be Kendrick and Jeff. So it'll be all four of us on there. We already got the topic. Yeah. We already excited. Uh, so we will let y'all know about that. And then it'll be vice versa. So then we will have David on one of our Facebook lives sometime soon too yeah so it'll be a dual crossover yeah so we just you know we like we like you know tv studio now like yeah. abc nbc so <laughs> crossover that's how we do we and, we, and we did what we did want to say so the that crossover is going to be i guess the the inauguration 
of mm-hmm. our live episodes because once mm-hmm. a month we want to do a live um, Imperfectly Human. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's that's something we're excited about. We want you to be able to tune in live and just connect with us. So. Be ready. Once a month, there will be a live show, and please, we want you to dial in and just get in on the action live. Yeah, because we yeah. don't, because we can talk, and we yeah. got some more people. We gonna y'all gonna burn it. Uh, we gonna be burning up on here. Yeah, man. yeah. Set yeah. stuff on fire. There <laughs> 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 we go. Set it on fire. Now. So, cause we, you know, yeah. we don't need we don't need much to catch it on fire. Now. Oh, for real, for real. <laughs> So y'all, y'all give some help now. I don't know. We might have two hours. Yeah, those those lives are gonna be on. They're gonna be on a different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna wrap this up the way we normally do, and remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and a relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And uh, with that said, I am Mr. Daly signing off. I'm Dr. Johnson. And we will catch you on the next episode of Imperfectly Human. Peace.